I've got cancer, but I'm part of a clinical trial that could lead to new breakthroughs. I've got cancer, but I've also got researchers working together to find a cure. If you or a loved one has cancer, you need New Jersey's only comprehensive cancer center designated by the National Cancer Institute. I've got cancer, but I've also got hope. Learn more at rwjbh.org slash beatcancer. RWJ Barnabas Health and Rutgers Cancer Institute of New Jersey. Let's beat cancer together. RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey's largest academic health care system and official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Let's be healthy together. Learn more at rwjbh.org. Welcome into another episode of Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. I'm Catherine Bogart, joined by Sam Kassan. We're very excited for our guest today because not only has he been at the top of the sled hockey game, being a Paralympian in the 2018 games, he's also from New Jersey. What's even better than that? Sam, what are we looking forward to talking to, uh, to Jack about today in this episode of the podcast? Well, obviously, starting off, we got to go to his roots, right? He's a New Jersey boy, so we're going to talk about his upbringing in the town, how he got interested in the sport, and then how he ended up making a good story out of a bad situation, becoming a Paralympian, and just the growth he had there. And you know, it's a it's a hard thing, obviously, for people who go through tragedy, but to take something like that and to make it into to not only a positive, but now he's the best in the United States. He's competing internationally in the Olympic Games, and so take such it's such an inspiring story so i think we're going to touch on all those subjects and for jack even though he typically plays overseas because he's represented the u.s in three world championships and one paralympic games there will be an opportunity for us new jersey natives to have a chance to see the man in action let's jump in though to this conversation with jack wallace and our viewers might or our listeners might not be able to uh, see this, but he actually has a very special jersey over his left shoulder. Before we even jump into this interview, Jack, what jersey is it and when did you get it? Oh, uh, it's a uh, classic Martin Brodeur jersey signed. I uh, got it a couple years ago, came to the uh, came to a Devils game and uh, you guys were nice enough to surprise me with a little meet and greet with him. You guys told me I was just going to be sitting in a green room for 10 minutes and I walk in and there's the goat himself standing there. And uh, yeah, nice guy. Love, so happy that you guys got to set that up and meet one of my heroes. Jack, you grew up playing in New Jersey, so it's no surprise that Brodor was a hero of yours. What was it like playing youth hockey in New Jersey, especially not only standing hockey, but also sled hockey? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, it's obviously, there's a lot of, a lot of people live in North, especially North New Jersey. I mean, uh, you, you, you run into a lot of people, you know, you run into a lot of people you don't know. There's so many different teams and organizations and opportunities to get on the ice and play hockey. So, so it was a great experience. Uh, and even with sled hockey, um, there's a there's a little less opportunity with sled hockey just because of the the way it's set up and and, and the funding required and and the and the player population, but it, it was great because along the Northeast there are plenty of teams and, and uh, it was just so much fun to travel around and, and play the sport you love. And how have you seen sled hockey grow specifically in the past? I would say five years, especially since you made your Paralympic or national team debut back in 2016. 
Oh, I mean, it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Obviously, with this year, the Devils are going to be sponsoring their first uh, team at the NHL Sled Classic, bringing plenty of noti- notoriety to sled hockey in New Jersey. Uh, hopefully, the club teams can start flourishing again like they did when I was when I first joined it, and I'm super excited to be a part of that. And, and what year were you born, 98, I'm yeah. guessing? Do you remember any of the early cup wins for the Devils? I know probably the last one was 03, so it might have been like five or so. Yeah, I wish I did. Uh, I don't really. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, who were who some of your favorite players then growing up in the in the area? Uh, I mean, it's got to be, you know, Zach Parise, Jamie Langenbrunner. Uh, I, I remember watching a, f- a little bit of Matt, Johnny Mad Dog. Uh, he, he was pretty fun to watch. Uh, my dad was a big fan, so so really uh, fun. Fo- watching watching hockey and following along with him uh that was always great but obviously now with with the with Hughes and uh and uh, now Dougie Hamilton on the team uh you know the star power is is back to where it was when I first started watching but when you were young and playing who were you were you making yourself Zach Parise scoring the game-winning goal were you Madden scoring the game-winning goal uh, definitely not. Uh, I w- I played defense and goalie. So, I mean, Brodor was always my favorite player. Uh, so whenever I was in net, I tried to mimic his, you know, very unique style as much as, as much as possible doing the half butterfly and sprawling around in the crease. Uh, so I definitely tried to mimic my game after him and, and maybe even a little bit of Scott Stevens on defense. Were you as physical as Scott Stevens, lighting people up in the uh, neutral zone there? I try to be nowadays. Yeah, I, I love the physicality of sled hockey and hockey in general. And, and I and I use it as a big part of my game as a defenseman, for sure. Jack, you mentioned this. Jack, you mentioned this before um, you said, you know, this will be the New Jersey has their first team in USA Hockey Sled Classic. And this is really one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you today. Just some background for our listeners. USA Hockey is bringing their Sled Classic, which has teams from all the NHL um, sled teams come in, play each other. So it's some of the best of the best. And you actually will have the chance to participate. Who are you playing for? And what was that journey like to get to that moment? Uh, I'll be playing for the New Jersey Devils. And uh, a little side note, even it's in Wayne, New Jersey at the ice vault. And funny enough, that is the rink that I learned to skate at. That is the rink that I played club hockey in when I was a kid. So I am beyond excited to get back there and be playing. Uh, and the, and the journey to get, get there has, has, has been a mission. I mean, sled hockey in New Jersey has, has kind of been a bit of a roller coaster. We we've, we've, you know, had, had different teams, change names, change funding, change locations. Uh, and, and we've, we've, gotten kind of unlucky in the past with with the support from different franchises and stuff like that but we're so happy now that that the devils are stepping in and and picking up that slack where it was uh, and I couldn't be more excited and why is it so important for these NHL teams to have sled teams that they're affiliated with and support to send to events like the USA Hockey Sled Classic yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's no mystery that uh, sled ho- or hockey in general is an expensive sport to get into. And that's why these grassroots programs are so important, but you, that takes another step up when you're talking about sled hockey, because you not only do you have to buy all the hockey equipment, you then have to buy specialized uh, sleds for sled hockey and the sticks. Uh, and, and all of that stuff is is really specific to the player. You can't just walk into any pro shop and pick that stuff up. So getting funding and, and getting uh, notice out there 
uh, to fundraise and stuff like that from the NHL franchises and just bring that, you know, bring that scope uh, of those big fan bases onto an adaptive sport like sled hockey is huge for its growth and huge for its fundraising ability. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Before we get more into your career, and I'm sure Sam has a million questions about you being a goaltender in the past because he also was a goaltender in his hockey playing days. I do want you to kind of describe to someone, one of our listeners who has never seen the sport of sled hockey before, what is it like and what can they expect if they do attend the sled classic in Wayne, New Jersey at the ice ball? Yeah. So the, um, the rink is exactly the same. The nets are exactly the same. The rules are exactly the same. The only difference being is that the players are sitting down in specialized sleds that are essentially of a seat with a metal frame with two regular size skate blades underneath uh, that seat attached to the metal frame. And then the other key difference is players use two sticks instead of one, uh, one for each hand. And on one end, you have the hockey stick part of it, the, the part that you stick handle and shoot with and tape up just like any other NHL player. But on the other side, you actually have metal ice picks that you dig into the ice and propel yourself. And that's how you get around similar to almost like a ski pole where you dig it into the ice and push yourself with your arms. Um, and I mean, as far as expectations for sled hockey, it's the same rules. So you're allowed to hit, you're allowed to check. We shoot the puck, not as hard. Obviously we are only shooting with one arm, so we're not shooting a puck at hundred miles an hour, but we shoot it pretty hard and, and we skate pretty fast as well. So it, it's not a, uh, you know, it, it's definitely not a watered down version of hockey. It's just as intense and just as fast and just as physical. So uh, if you come, uh, be ready for it. Well, I know I'll be ready for it. It sounds exciting. Um, but getting back to kind of that, how hard was the adjustment then? Obviously, a lot of the roles are the same, but it's a, it's a completely different dynamic than obviously playing regular hockey. How hard was that adjustment? And how did you get involved in the sled hockey regardless? You know, like how did it start becoming part of your life? Yeah, so I played. Uh, stand-up hockey since I was, you know, three years old. I played street hockey, roller hockey, and ice hockey, uh, you know, and started off in the driveway with my older brother. Uh, and then I ended up getting hurt when I was 10 years old, lost my right leg above the knee, and stand-up hockey was really not an option at, at that point anymore. And hockey was my favorite sport. So from then on, I found a local program, uh, the Woodbridge Warriors. There's a local sled hockey team out of New Jersey and uh, just started playing, you know, just club stuff, recreational stuff as a kid. But then I realized what was, you know, what that next level was, you, you know, obviously my dreams, like every other kid of going to the NHL, you know, kind of vanished uh, after I got hurt. But at the same time you realize, Oh wait, there is an elite level to this sport. There is a semi-professional level to this sport where I can play at, you know, on the world stage at the highest level. And then that became my goal. Um, adjusting, it actually wasn't that crazy because I had played hockey for such a long time. A lot of coaches uh, with when they're bringing in new players for uh, sled hockey, a lot of the, a lot of the time in most cases, there are, they are players don't know really hockey at all. And they're just looking to play an adaptive sport. Um, and, and, and sled hockey's, in my opinion, I'm a little biased. One of the best adaptive sports you can play. Um, but at the same time, in my case, I didn't really need to learn hockey. I just needed to learn the specific skills of sled hockey. 
So in that case, the biggest difference in sled hockey is you need to pick when you are skating and when you are stick handling, because in stand-up hockey, you can do both at the same time, but in in sled hockey, you have to propel yourself with your arms and your hands. So you can't be stick handling with both hands and skating at the same time. So you kind of either have to split the responsibility or do one or the other. And was there a moment you're like, you mentioned you started playing for a club team and you realized there was an ability to play on the world stage. Was there a moment where you said, Hey, I might be good enough to play. And what were the steps that kind of got you onto that world stage? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, so at that first program that I mentioned out of Woodbridge, a guy by the name of Josh Pauls, he played for that program. He's from, you know, I'm pretty sure Greenbrook, New Jersey. Uh, and he made the 2010 Vancouver, Vancouver team, uh, where they won gold. And he brought that gold medal back to our local program and showed it to me. And, and that's really when it happened, when I set my sights on, on potentially making the U S national and Paralympic team. Uh, but after that, you know, obviously it's a long process. I was only, you know, 11 years old when that occurred, but then slowly year by year, my first year, uh, in 2011, I, I got invited to the U S the USA hockey sled select camp, the a development camp where it's invitation only for young kids or new players, uh, that maybe need a little bit more coaching, a little bit more development, uh, spent about five years at that camp. And then I spent three years on the U S development team. Uh, and then eventually made the U S national team in 2016. So it was a long process getting there, but USA hockey obviously has an amazing development program and, uh, just kind of a funnel system that, that can really elevate a young player's game and give them the tools they need to progress into an elite level athlete and hockey player. We've had, we've had the pleasure of speaking with Josh Pauls, who you're talking about this guy who really sparked your international career. And like you said, he's from New Jersey and you both are very proud to be from New Jersey. So I want to know when you two are on the national team and you're overseas in Czech Republic or you're in Russia or you're anywhere that you're playing sled hockey, what do you two talk about when it comes to New Jersey? And what do you tell your other teammates about what it's like being from New Jersey? Uh, I mean, the, it sounds pretty generic for people from New Jersey, but uh, for other people, not as much, but we're always harping about how the pizza's not as good, the bagels aren't as good, how bad all the drivers are, you know, uh, just that stuff. I mean, it's 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 great to have that bond with someone on the team and uh, uh, to be able to, you know, discuss like your hometown, your native, your native state. Uh, uh, it's pretty great. And for you, I mean, Josh sparked your career. And now you're in the same position. You're still at the start of your international career. I mean, you've only played one Paralympic Games. It looks like you're a good shot for making this upcoming 2020 Games. Who do you hope to inspire with your sled hockey career? Uh, I mean, really, really anyone. Uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of being able to coach at the same development camp that, that I was a participant in. I've gone back to that local program uh, that, that, uh, that's, that I started at several times. Uh, but with the reach, uh, it's a little different nowadays with the reach of social media and, and, uh, marketing and TV and, and the exposure that sled hockey gets now, it's not just the kids that you can go and visit 
that that you can bring your metal to. Obviously, I'd I'd love to you know visit every single one of them and and you know sit down with every single one of them and have a conversation with them. But at the same time, just being able to get that exposure out there and online, uh, uh, you know, I'll take any, I'll take anything I get. If any kid sees that and sees any of my stuff or sees any of what the national team is doing, and that inspires them to, you know, go to or skate or even just try out the sport in the first place. I mean, I consider that an absolute win. And I guess another question kind of along the same lines, but I know in the past you've talked about how you really made the most of your injury and you really took sled hockey and you ran with it. I mean, it's very apparent with your career, but how important is it for people like you, other top members of these sled hockey teams, people who have the exposure you're talking about, how important is it for them to preach getting into adaptive sports, even if you have a physical impairment or a disability and not let that really deter you from being involved in sports? No, sports is, sports is an absolute fantastic thing. From the time I was, you know, the, from the time I could walk to right about now, my life has pretty much revolved around sports. I, I pride myself in being an athlete. And, and, uh, and, and even if you're not at the elite level, even if you're not, you know, trying to go to the NHL or the Olympics or the Paralympics, it really can still change your life in a really positive way. Uh, getting that, being in a team environment, learning all those life skills that that not only hockey but other team sports and and other sports in general can teach you about humility, can teach you about teamwork, can teach you about work ethic. All those things are so important. And and like you mentioned, rep, representation is so important, especially for the disabled community. I mean, you know, being able to see, um, you know, elite athletes that have. A, a physical impairment is so important. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I thought sports were out of the question. I thought all sports were basically out of my book at that point. And then I start seeing all these elite athletes competing at the highest level at such an intense sports at all, uh, at all these intense sports. Um, you know, some of them, I, I, I'll never forget one time I met a quadruple amputee the following summer after my after my accident, he's missing both of his arms above the elbow and both of his legs be- below the knee. And he could throw, he could throw a football with a better spiral than anyone else. He, he, he threw a football with a better spiral than Peyton Manning <laughs> or Eli Manning for that matter. But, uh, uh, but, but, but being able to see that and getting that exposure at an early age can really kickstart someone else's journey in their life and, and into sports. You mentioned kickstart your journey. Your journey was obviously kickstarted all the way up to the national level. I wonder what it was like competing, whether it was in the worlds or especially the Olympics. I want to know what it's like being on that stage, wearing the Team USA jersey, representing your country, and then obviously getting medals and having the anthem played while you're there with the medal. Like, what was that entire experience like? Uh, it, it, it's an absolute honor. I mean, it, it gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. Uh, uh, we have a little tradition. I don't know if any other uh, national teams do this. I, I haven't had the pleasure of asking anyone else on the, on a, you know, a, a men's junior team or the women's team. Uh, we actually all get ready, you know, individually, everyone has their own warmups and stuff like that, but you're not allowed to put your Jersey on the Jersey is the, obviously the most important thing. It's, it's what, it's what we're all fighting for. It's, it's, it's being able to put the USA on your chest. So no matter what happens, we set a time in the locker room where whatever your warmup is, whatever your pregame routine is, you're not allowed to put the Jersey on 
unless it's at that time and we all do it together at the same time. And it's kind of like that final solidifying moment where we all down together because that is the most important thing. We're, we're all representing our country on the world stage at the biggest level. Um, so, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, not a lot of words can describe it, to be honest. I mean, you get chills every time I think about it and it amps me up so much. Like right now it's, it's my off day and I want to go hop up on the ice just thinking about it. Jack, don't go on the ice. It's your off day. We cannot overtrain <laughs> you, especially since the 2022 Paralympics are right around the corner. I know you were on a USA hockey panel talking about the upcoming winter games just yesterday, I believe. For you, what are you looking forward to and what are you putting in to make sure that you get onto that team for your second straight Paralympics? So, so this, this year's uh, uh, going to be a little different. Obviously it's my second time around, uh, we're the reigning champions. Um, obviously the team was the reigning champions from going from 2010, 2014 to 2018 in my games. Obviously it was my first time going and I was pretty nervous. I was very nervous. And, uh, I didn't, I honestly didn't get, uh, the opportunity to really soak it all in. I, I was, I was a, extremely focused and, and I, I regret that a little bit. But this time going in, I definitely want to, you know, uh, experience, you know, the full levity as much as possible of the Paralympic Games. Like in 2018, I didn't get to go. We didn't get to go watch any other uh, events, really. Hopefully this year with or next year with the venues uh, that that'll be a possibility. I don't know how far apart they're going to be or our schedule or anything like that. But but really interacting with other athletes, experiencing um, every part of the Paralympic Games, uh, that that's really what I'm looking forward to, and, and definitely one of my goals this time around. As far as the work we're putting in, we are absolutely grinding. Um, we have uh, you know ten or so players down here right now in Nashville. Uh, it's kind of become a little little bit of a hub for us. Um, you know, we are skating you know six times a week in the weight room, uh, basically every single day. Uh, it, we are putting in the work because we know our coach has a motto. Uh, nothing grows at the top of the mountain. So we got to make sure that we get back to the top of the mountain because you got to go back to the bottom uh, to reach that peak again. Even though we are the defending champions, we can't stay up there. We can't, you know, be on top of the mountain because we're not going to get any better. So, you know, we, we're acting like, you know, we got something to prove. We, we want to win it all over again. So we can't just act like we're the best in the world. We got to be putting in the work as if we're trying to take it from someone else. Cause we know every other country is going to be coming in full bore at us. So. Fair enough. Jack, will there be a specific Jersey tribute that you will do or a specific way you will represent Jersey when you're at the upcoming Paralympic games? I don't know. I got, I got to figure that out. I, I hope there is some way I can do that. Maybe if you guys shoot me some ideas, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do that. I mean, I got a lot of Jersey pride, so yeah, I, I hope I can do something like that. That'd be great. So Devils fans, tweet at Jack Wallace your ideas of how he can represent his home state when he's at the Paralympics competing for his second gold medal. Sam, do you have any other questions you want to add for our Paralympic gold medalist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, the one thing I'm fascinated, especially with any Olympians, what was it like living in the Olympic Village? And I know you mentioned you didn't get to meet up and mingle with a lot of other teams and such, but was like just being in that area and surrounded by even if you're not intermingling but surrounded by some of the greatest athletes in the world oh it's uh it, it's 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 absolutely fascinating it, it was such a cool experience 
uh, I mean, the, the support that we get from the USOPC when we're over there, I mean, they have every single thing you need. And, and if they don't have it, they'll go get it for you. I remember a few athletes during the Olympics complained that the coffee in the, uh, you know, I know we're pretty big into coffee as Americans. So the, the coffee in the village wasn't that great. So they had a pallet of, you know, fresh coffee grounds sent to the, uh, the team USA house. So, so we could all enjoy, uh, a cup of Joe in the morning because the diet is so important. And if you're used to having a cup of coffee every morning before you train and, and you can't have that anymore, that kind of throws you off. But, you know, they have, they have a full staff of doctors, uh, support, uh, uh, physicians, I mean, trainers, um, anything you could really want or need, they have it there. And at the same time, you, you get wrapped up in your own event. There are a lot of, there are obviously a lot of other events going on and you do get to interact even if it's not with the international athletes, we're all in building the team USA athletes. We're all in the same building. So we get to interact with them a lot. And it's, and it's just so interesting to be able to talk to them, ask them what their training is like, you know, from a sled hockey player to a skier, to a cross country skier, to, you know, like a curler, uh, our, our training schedules and our training locations are very different. And, and it's cool to be able to experience that and, and, and share memories and, and experiences with them. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. And going on that, uh, my last question for you is continuing with the Olympics, obviously you're out there representing and playing for your country. You're out there playing for yourself, but you're also playing for your teammates. And you said you guys are out there grinding right now and putting in a lot of work and you've got, it's been a lot of the same group of guys for the last couple of years. When you step onto the nice, how meaningful is it to have those guys at your side, the guys that you've been training with for pretty much a couple of years in some cases, and be able to go to quote unquote battle with them for this Olympic gold and to represent and, and to represent the country? Yeah, I mean, the majority of the team has stayed the same since I made the national team. So so we've developed some extremely close relationships um, with, with the guys on the, you know, in, in between us on the team. And and like you said, it's absolutely awesome to be able to go into a game or really any tournament or situation with 16 of your really good friends, you know, right beside you. Uh, I mean, and really that's what it is. We all have become very close friends. We're, we're very involved in each other's lives. I mean, I, three of my, two of my teammates are actually my roommates. We live in the same house together and train every day together. So, uh, so, so our relationships are, are just getting so strong and, and building that chemistry, especially in hockey is so important uh, to have that chemistry with your teammates and, you know, you have no better chemistry than with one of your really close friends. So to have that environment and, and, and the locker room that we've curated throughout the years is just, it's probably honestly the best part of the team because, you know, you're never going to have a bad day in that locker room. Even if you yourself are having a bad day, there's 16 guys in that room. that are going to pick you right up. Jack, we cannot wait to watch you in the Paralympics in 2022, but for our New Jersey fans listening, come to USA Hockey's Sled Classic at the Ice Vault in Wayne. You will be able to see our very good friend, Jack Wallace, wear the New Jersey Devils sweater for the first time in his professional sled hockey career. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing all your stories, and best of luck competing for the Devils. Thanks so much for having me. It's always fun being able to talk to someone like Jack Wallace. He has amazing stories. He's able to share really impactful quotes. I mean, nothing can grow at the top of the mountain is a new motto or catchphrase for any team listening to this. Sam, what were some of your favorite parts of this conversation? I think obviously many things really struck me, but the one that really hit home was imagining him losing 
disability, losing his leg, adapting to a new sport, and then just being inspired to take it to a new level with Josh Pauls coming in and inspiring him to say, hey, here's an Olympian in the sport I am. This gives me something to strive for, something to achieve. And just, I just imagine 11 year old Jack being like, wow, that's what I want to do. That's because as he said, when he was a kid, he wanted to play in the NHL as most obviously hockey players do when you're in your youth, you imagine and dream of being in the national hockey league, but his entire world changed. And now his goals changed. And when, you know, Josh comes and says, shows his gold medal and says, you can achieve this. Not only did he say, I want to do that. He then went and did that. He went and achieved it, obviously winning gold for Team USA in the Olympics. So just a truly inspirational story. And that moment stands out to me because it is, it's not just about setting goals, overcoming. It's also about being role models and inspiring a new generation of young, maybe young kids, maybe even older adults, you know, who you all, everyone needs a little inspiration in their lives. Right. And I think that was a perfect, this is a perfect story that shows that. And not everything, not everybody obviously goes off to win gold medals, but even just any little bit to make our lives better. And sports obviously was one thing that helped him. So I thought it was just truly inspirational. It's always amazing to see players like that too, who really are so proud of being from a state and of their local community. And Jack mentioned, and Josh Paul's even, they both go back to Woodbridge Warriors. They both really are still in touch with this New Jersey community, even though neither of them live in the state anymore. It's still home for them. They still want to grow the sport of sled hockey and they still want to make a difference, which like you said, is so impactful. If you want to see listeners, if you want to see Jack Wallace in action, which trust me, I have seen him play. It is amazing. You will want to make sure you go to this USA hockey sled classic. It's November 18th through the 21st at the ice vault in Wayne, New Jersey. Fun fact. This is the first time that the New Jersey devils will field a team at this sled classic. They're going up against some other teams represented by other NHL clubs. So you really need to come out, deck down your red and black supporting this team. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. For Sam Kassan, I'm Catherine Bogart. We'll see you next time.